Hi, thanks so much for joining us. This is Shannon from Strategic Intervention Solutions. Today in our blog, we're going to be continuing building our math tutorial library. You should check out our website at sis4teachers.org as we are going to continue to grow this area on the website. This week, we have more multiplication games. These multiplication game tutorial videos are a great addition to our third, fourth, and fifth grade classrooms. Students use the tutorial videos to learn how to play the game on Monday. They can pause Pause and rewatch as many times as they need to to hash out the rules or what could happen in various possible scenarios of play. And then on Tuesday, they're ready to play. And it didn't take any of your time out of your instructional classroom time that you oftentimes feel like there's never enough of. We all know we could use a little bit more time in our school day. When working on multiplication, the number sequence matters and it isn't in, it isn't in order. We start with times tens and times fives, and then we do our times two, fours, and eights, and then our three, sixes, and nines, and lastly, our sevens. The order really helps students to see patterns and learn multiplication on a deeper level than just the memorization. This sequence also follows along with ours, um, the use of our math journals that you can find online. Multiplication speed is first on deck to talk about today. Our speed deck um, that you can choose from is um, again on our website, but you can choose any of the decks between two through nine. We always re recommend that when you do the speed games, you do them in order when you're kind of teaching um, the multiplication facts. So in this case, fives would be first, then two, four, eight, three, six, nine, and then seven. The game board isn't really required, but we do have a free game board that you can download on our website, which helps you keep organized for play. The version of speed is played very similar to the version that you play with the regular deck of cards, except instead of going in numerical order, Order up and down, you're counted by the deck of the speed that you're going to play. Each player gets dealt one half of the deck. Players hold their half of their deck face down and then flip over their first four cards in the row in front of them. Then they flip a card on out onto the space in between the two rows to create a discard pile. Players can play with one um, option of having the four facing up um, and then kind of have the two discard piles in the middle. They also can just hold their deck of cards if students are starting to get better at the game and they don't want to have it dis displayed. They can play a card with either counting up or down by the pattern of the deck. For example, if we are playing the times five speed or five speed, we call it, the cards in the middle might be 10 and 25 that you can play off of. Even though that's by your side, you can still, if you feel like you know you put your card on the right and your partner put the card on the left you can still play off of either of them so if we have the 10 and the 25 players could technically put 5 or 15 on the 10 and then they could also play um, either the 20 or the 30 on the 25 you can continue skip counting in the pattern up or down the speeds the speed, the cards are unique in that they have a dot beaded pattern on them with the beads colored by groups or by the factor of the deck. So if you're using the five speed deck, um, I was, you know, might be looking at 25 and I want to look to see what five groups more um, are by looking at the circles. You could see that next group up or down quite easily. Some kids might need to use this feature in order to know what comes before or after the number that they're looking in the deck of cards um, in the middle and then eventually will kind of grow in developing their speed. Once one of the four face cards is played, 
players can flip another card on the deck to kind of refill or ante up their cards at the bottom that are ready for play. The first player to get rid of all or his or her cards wins. A few house rules. If both players are stuck, meaning neither player can have has a card that could go up or down by the speed level and the cards in the middle, they can either play a card from their hand and put it in the middle to reset the clock. So if they have a pile still left without the four out on the table, they would flip that card over and that would reset it. If one of the players has four or less cards left with no cards in their hand to be able to help them reset the deck, they can then use the discard piles in the middle, flip them over, and take the top card and put it back in the middle. For example, if we are playing speed five and the two cards in the middle are 20, but neither of us have a 15 or a 25 and our four facing up cards to play, we could each flip a new card over into the middle and continue play. We don't always require students to say speed at the end of the game, like you might in Uno. In traditional play, if you don't play speed, then you have to pick up two cards from the discard pile and continue to play. However, since we play a little bit more open face so players can watch each other's moves, it's not necessary to do this if you don't want to. It is something the teacher could definitely add in if they wished, however. Additionally, when we're playing in schools, we don't require students to say speed to win because it can be quickly escalate into an argument of who said it first, and we're really trying to save time, not create opportunities for arguments. My favorite concept is to be able to do it tournament style. Kids love to play tournament style. We have sort of you know, a quote-unquote Elite Eight bracket set up that you can download on our website for your class. This is really fun, also in a parent night, where parents can learn how to play and then get the speed game to take home with their child. In the tutorial video, we'll show two different games with different faces, so that or different facts, rather, so the students can get the idea of how to play the game and use the game boards. The next game that we're going to feature in our blog this week is our good old game, Multiplication Tetris. The reason I like this game is that it moves us just beyond talking about just the facts. Multiplication Tetris actually gets students to understand the commutative property of multiplication when we're talking about six groups of five or five groups of six to show how the array or the area can take up different configurations of space. Multiplication Tetris is very similar to the problem-solving game that most of us as adults are familiar with. The regular Tetris, you're trying to neatly compact shapes into available space, rotating shapes to ensure they take up the most efficient part of the space. This is a great game for students in the beginning phases of understanding decomposing multiplication and the students that are ready, starting to go on to learning how to do partial products with the area model. Materials are colored pencils. They're not required, but some kids do it in one color. Some like to do it in more than one color to kind of see the different areas that they're making. One set of a six-sided counter per player. When students are just learning to play, I prefer to have just one set of dice so that they can watch the other person take a turn. Once they're proficient and confident, each player can have their own set of dice. Note, to increase the difficulty, you could go up to a 10 or a 12-sided dice. There's one game board per player. You can download the free game board on our website or in this blog or create your own. We use a 15 by 15 grid, but you can make it larger to make it more complicated as students advance. Some classrooms will, will laminate this or put it in a clear sleeve, and they'll use dry erase markers, and they can reuse the game board. 
I personally like this as a single-use game. It's a printed copy for every student to play. This way, students can take their game port home, show their parents, and explain how they played with their families. We've also included this game in a parent night before, and then each parent goes home with three copies, two to use at the game night with their, with their child, and then one copy they can bring home to play more games. Players, at least two players are required, but you could have three or more. I've played it with a whole table group as well as a whole class-wide competition to see who can get the most filled. The objective is the game is, is for each player is to try to fill their own individual game board as neatly as possible, and the players with the lowest number of spaces left at the end of the game wins. You roll the dice. When you um, when learning, players should take the turns rolling the dice. Once the players are proficient, they can do the dice on their own. They're going to take the two numbers on the dice and look at them as factors and make an array with those two factors. They can decide where on the board they want to place their array or their grouping. Consider the commutative property of the factors might be provide a more convenient shape. Irregular shapes are not allowed in this game. If I rolled a 5 and a 6, the total area would be 30. So I could put 5 rows of 6 or 6 rows of 5. Shading in the squares that make up the array and writing the product inside of it will show that where you're placing it. Play until the students are unable to place an array on the game board. Once they roll and they can't go anymore, meaning there's no more space for that total area to fit, they must stop playing. They have to count how many empty spaces they have left on the game board. They could range from high numbers to even one left, which I've seen that one square happen before. It's unbelievable. As students repeated this play of this game, they'll start to discover and strategize more on where they want to put the area they want and how they might want to use the commutative property to turn it based on the space available. Strategy. The winner, the winner player is the one who can be the most strategic to cover their space. The eight mathematical practices come into play as students are building their arrays as they have to be strategic on their thinking. Where are they going to place their area in conjunction with what they've already placed on their board? Which arrangement would be more at most advantageous to what they're doing? Do they start building from the bottom of the board? Or maybe they start with the larger shapes, multiples higher of five or six in one corner and smaller shapes in another. Multiplication is also simple enough that you could take it to a restaurant when kids need something to do while they wait. Why not work on multiplication? Multiplication Tetris can be used in third, fourth, and fifth grade. It is a great game for kids to use and review their skills of multiplication. Raise the differentiation level with different sided dice and larger grids, but be sure don't make the grid or the dice too big that students struggle with the larger shapes. If you're doing a tournament, the bracket would um, could could also you know come into play similar to how we're doing it with multiplication speed. The bracket would let things you know know what's happening you know in the classroom. Um, students might want to keep score maybe on their paper to do so, which would kind of provide an accountability sheet. Obviously, the students just playing multiplication Tetris, the game board itself would prove that they were actually playing. Students can take turns. Um, you know, with can really um, students can also turn that game board um, in as a symbol that they've completed the game. These are two other great games that we want to add to our repertoire of multiplication games. 
want more multiplication games, you can check out last week's blog. You want more video tutorials in other areas, go to our video tutorial page on our website under resources. What games and concepts would you love to have a video tutorial on to use for your students? Drop a comment down in our blog to let us know. Next week, well, next week, we hope you join us as we will be starting to do our strategy games and recording some of those so you can also get that into your classroom.